Yeah, man, I got you. I can't Dude, I just finished up the first episode. Did you really? Yeah, perfect timing. What'd you think? I thought it was sick, man. So many, so many ideas on there that I would emulate with. Same and thing. Dude. And that is the goal, man. Um, you got video? Yeah, let me see. I literally, I use Zoom on my phone all the time. Let's see. Oh, yeah. There we go. This. How are you? Hi, boy. How you doing? I'm doing well. Um, so, everybody, welcome to episode two of An Untold Narrative. Um, tell them who you got in the room. Um, Atticus, Bradley. Dave knows me pre-Atticus. <laughs> uh, I'm a photographer in Brooklyn, New York. Um, try to make creative things. So that is my first question. I, 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 cause so my, my goal of this was really to do and have conversations with people that I really only have relationships through like online platforms and that like I yeah. very, either I very rarely see in real life or that like we've never met in real life. And, um, so we obviously come from the same town, but we never spoke. We didn't really hang out. We didn't do any of that. And your name was different. Yeah. So, so I gotta, I gotta ask you about that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So my real name is Matthew Williams. Uh, what happened was, I was look like when I was getting into photography, I was looking up like websites. So I type in Matthew Williams photography, and it's like sixty-five photographers, different designers, graphic designers, and I was just like, dude, there is no way that I'm gonna stick out in this sea of Matthew Williams is so if that even if that's the right like <laughs> way to say plural Williams uh, yeah so then I at the time was like reading To Kill a Mockingbird and I combined the two the two people's names the two characters um, Atticus Finch and Boo Radley and I just was like I mean it's then, a great sounding name don't get me wrong it's just it's yeah, yeah. like as like our history progressed to this Instagram platform and you know, you obviously, I follow you for your photography and I'm just like, I think he just changed his name. I, I, I made the connection uh, with how to kill a mockingbird because like we had to read it in high school and we went to the same high school. So like, yeah, I made the connection, but I had no idea why. And it totally, yeah. because Matthew Williams might be the most popular name on this planet. Yeah. It's like next to John Smith. <laughs> so, so, so how many years ago was that uh probably six six years ago and you you introduced yourself as Atticus yeah because what what ended up happening was I would show up for a job to shoot and uh the client would be like hey Atticus nice to see you and I would like have to like go through this whole spiel like oh no and like explain what <laughs> I just explained to you and then uh it got to the point where it was just like everybody was calling me Atticus when I would show up on set or would show up for a shoot. And then I was just like, dude, that's it. New person. That's Let's amazing. go. I'm running with this. And uh, yeah, I, I almost get weird. Like when people call me Matt now, like my ear like twinges. It's like, and I'm like, wait, Not what? You know me from, I know that you know me from back in the day if you call me Matt, but. That's, that's incredible. I don't think many people do that. I think you're very yeah. unique and I, that's why I'm stoked to have you because like I I know that you're a very creative and very unique person and I think just that story alone you know I think that just tips it all the Wait. way up 
and like it's awesome. Yeah. Um, so if anybody listens to this and you're confused about your name and stuff like that, fucking make up a new one. Yeah, yeah. If you don't know what to call your photography or your name or whatever, if because you want like, to name yourself jet ski, fuck, yeah. go for it. And like everyone loves jet skis, man. You see it more and more these days, even even on Instagram or platforms where people are uh, trying to find more unique names. And like, I'm very fortunate where my last name, I think there's only three people in the entire United States with that last name. So like, I'm, I've looked it up, but like, I'm good. <laughs> so yeah. so I don't, I don't need to do that. Um, but yeah, like I said, we, you know, so we, we both grew up in Wolcott, Connecticut. Uh, it's a smaller town of 15,000 people. Uh, some people don't think that's that small. I think it's small. Um, but I guess it depends on where you come from uh, and what country and stuff like that. Um, but we never, we never really, you know, had a relationship or a friendship or anything like that. I think you were a year younger than I. Um, yeah, I'm 27. Yeah. Okay. So I'm 28. Um, and I'm very curious as to right after high school, what did you do? What happened? You, you live in New York, you live in Brooklyn. Um, a lot of people that come from Wolcott, Connecticut don't leave Wolcott, Connecticut. Um, yeah. And they don't no shade to that though. My brother's there loves it. Like he's got a nice little house. Like he, he wants to start a family. Totally. And Nothing I love going back that. to visit, but, um, different, like just career ambitions were driving me in a different lane. So did you, so did you know that you, you, did you go to college or anything like that? Yeah. So I went to post university for a year. Um, was weird wasn't a big fan it was in waterbury and if <laughs> dude waterbury is the strangest place on earth um then i went to southern and for two years and going into my senior year i was just like i was miserable i was getting the best grades i'd ever gotten in my life and i felt so unsatisfied and unaccomplished and just like it, i couldn't take it anymore and i just dropped out i was like that's it um, and then I, I knew I had to do something the next year and I was like, I got to go to New York. Like I'm going to, I was like, oh, I skipped a part in there. So I went to Australia. I did study abroad while I was at Southern. Really? Yeah. I did six months abroad. In and, Australia? Yeah. In Sydney. I didn't even know that. Yeah. So I was in marketing school. Um, thought I was going to be a businessman wearing a suit every day. And right. when I went over to Sydney, I, I knew I had to get a camera to like just capture this like part of my life. And I wanted to have the memories and I, I'd always wanted a camera. So I got a job with my buddy chopping down trees in Nassau County, New York. So we would drive like two hours every day from Connecticut at little wake up at five in the morning, right. cut trees down for like 12 hours and then drive home for two hours. So we were sleeping like five hours a night. And I did that for like, I don't know, a month. And then I was able to afford my first camera. Wow. And then like probably three days after that, I went to Australia. Holy shit. I literally just bought, bought a Canon camera and just went. So you just worked this bizarre job simply to buy a camera? Simply to buy a camera. It was like... <laughs> shitty month but it was like the best month ever looking back because it's like totally yeah I, I wouldn't be where i am if i didn't cut down trees for a month that is that is the most bizarre way to get a camera well, 
yeah trade your time for money <laughs> yeah seriously so so when you were in australia you were still studying marketing or like yep. part of part through southern uh connecticut yeah this is pre-new york so i was at southern still still a business major and then i just found myself shooting every single day like i didn't go anywhere without a camera and i didn't take it seriously i thought photography was like a really shitty career I was like, dude, who wants to do that? Like, I'll end up having to do wedding photos or, right. like, nothing wrong with that. You make tons of money doing wedding photos, but it just wasn't – it didn't, like, suit my creative vision. Like, I didn't think, like, I could have any sort of creativity with that. So I just didn't take it seriously as a career. And then um, one of my buddies got me tickets to Soundwave Festival, which is kind of like Warp Tour. Yeah, yeah. And – uh I thought he just got me normal tickets, but he knew I had just bought a camera. So I got, I showed up and this dude was like, yo, I got you a press pass. So I was like on stage with like all of my favorite bands at the time. He bought you a press pass? He didn't buy it for me. He, he was in a band and he knew one of the band's managers and the manager was just like, yo, I got you a press pass. Cause the con oh, no like, concert was sold out and the tickets were $300. And I was just and like, then you, and then you shot the entire show. I shot the entire show and then I didn't know how to edit the pictures, but I stayed up to like three in the morning after the show applying filters to every single image. And then I sent the band like an, like a Dropbox email that night of like, I don't know, thousand images. Holy crap. And then they were like, dude, this is crazy. Come to our hotel in the morning and you can come to our show tomorrow night and shoot again. And what that was like my, was it was what band? Yeah. Uh, Sleeping with Sirens. Oh, no shit. Yeah. Shout out Sleeping with Sirens then. Yeah, and Memphis <laughs> Mayfire too. They were, they, like, I remember, like, the next morning waking up and, like, all of their profile pictures had changed to, like, these really shitty images. It was the first day I used a camera. It was literally the first day I used a camera. And the pictures looking back, I was like, damn, what was I doing? <laughs> Are they still up there on, the, like, their Instagram or anything? Uh, maybe way back. It was, like, 2014 what i've been doing is if you watch the prelude i've been popping up photos so i'm actually going to go do my research after i edit this and i'm oh gonna my pop God. Up the center here They're probably on my instagram too yeah i'll have to find them <laughs> dude it was so funny i remember even asking a guy on the left of me because the pictures kept coming out blurry i was like dude how do i get this to stop coming out blurry and he was like a professional photographer like giant lens and he was just like give me your camera and he just like flipped the settings and then I just ran with his settings for the rest of the time no shit I didn't know I had no idea what I was doing never took it yeah you had no idea no idea yeah so you, and did, then, you did the next day the, the the show I did the next show the next day and they were like backstage and like feeding me drinks and just it was like I was like wait this is what working as a photographer is like <laughs> nice I was like this is insane I could do this so I got a little hooked on concert photography for a while, but then I started to realize like it, it all looked the same and I hopped out of that. I also met when I was in Australia, I met this girl, Beth, and I'll probably butcher her last name, but I think it's Saravo, um, Instabath. She's killing it. She still shoots concerts, but she was the first person to teach me how to shoot on manual because I kind of expressed that problem to her. I was like, I don't know what I'm doing. She's like, dude, this setting does this this setting does this, this setting does this. And once you get those like three major settings for exposure, dude, your world opens up. Totally. 
So shout out Beth. You're the best girl. <laughs> we'll, 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 we'll tag her down below. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, please. She's, she's so rad. Maybe a great person to put on this too. Um, yeah. So from there, I, I went back to the States and I was just shooting all the time. I was in business school still shooting all the time. And that was when I really like couldn't take the business school. I hated it. And then I dropped out, went to New York, did a one-year photography program at New York Film Academy. Wasn't a fan of it. And then when I was there, a lot of the people that were there were like, oh, I applied to SVA, but I didn't get in. And I was like, it's the School of Visual Arts. Okay. And then I looked at the, like, the work that they had on their website from like graduates or kids in their senior, their senior theses were up on the website. And I remember being blown away and just being like, this is the kind of work I want to make. So I applied to SVA, got in, did a year there, um, way too expensive. But that was like, for me, like where I learned the most in photography. Just, it, it was a, it was a rad school to go to. So if anyone's what looking for photo schools, what year? I think like 2017. Okay, so this is, you know, a few years back. Yeah, I bounced around a bit. I had a job in between there too. My timeline, I need to maybe draw out my timeline. so It I could sounds very it extensive, yeah. Yeah, I was, dude, I was just going every which way I could. Just shoot, just anything to shoot, really. So, so you, you are a three different school dropout. Yep. <laughs> and I don't think that's a negative thing. I, I hope people don't take that negative. I think that's incredible. No, I, I took what I needed from there. That's yeah, what I, I felt like. I went in, I took the, they were like, oh, this class isn't really going to help you for your major. But I was like, this is what I want to learn. Yeah, totally. It wasn't about the certificate or the degree for me. It was about like, if I want to take a history class, because I want to learn history, I want to take it. And so you, this, the, the SVA school, is that in New York? Yeah. Okay. So you were already living in New York or you moved to New York? Um, I moved to New York for New York Film Academy. And that was a one-year certificate program. And while I was at there, um, I was looking for something like a brand to shoot for. I just wanted to shoot with a clothing brand. And um, I ended up finding a marketing internship with a a clothing brand in Brooklyn, Beltrager. It's kind of a... I remember your like early photography, like work that you put up on your Instagram. It was all like you trying to, you, you were like literally like shooting brands that you didn't even have work for, but you were like tagging, yeah. sending it to them. Yeah, I would do, I think, I think I would do a little bit of that, but a lot of it, like you said, with relationships and your, in your, um, your first like prelude, I like walked into this store and they were like, I was just bullshitting with the guys at the desk and they were like showing me the stuff and they were like, yeah, we have a marketing internship. So I applied for the marketing internship, ended up getting it. And while I was doing the marketing stuff, I would always book shoots. I'd be like, yo, can I pull your, can I pull your clothes and like have my buddies wear it and like just skate around and I'll just take all the pictures for you guys. And they ended up at the end of my internship, they're like, dude, why don't you be our in-house photographer? So I was literally like thrown to the wolves and so that was like marketing intern to photographer yeah just because i my passion wasn't shooting huh 
and those guys, yeah, they took it. They took a big chance. I mean, I was like, I was young. I was like 20 years old, probably like 2021. I'd only been shooting for like a year. And then they were like, yo, be our full-time photographer. So, or part-time, but I was like booking all the shoots, finding all the models, styling all the clothes from the store, which I'm not a stylist. <laughs> um, yes. Just like you got to bootstrap it sometimes, right? You dude, you got to learn on the fly. Sometimes, sometimes, I mean, you'll listen to all these podcasts and these videos and, and sometimes you, you run into people who like, don't believe in fake it till you make it. I think there is a little bit of that. I mean, I think at some point you're going to cross a bridge where you're like, am I going to say no or am I going to say yes? And I'm going to learn how to do it on the way. Yeah. There was a lot of learning that went on to that, <laughs> that position. So like, I had no idea how to produce a shoot. I had no idea how to location scout. Totally. But I mean, I had a camera and I was shooting and editing all the time. So I had the major like chunk. And I think that's like, it's not necessarily faking it till you make it at that point. It's kind of like you have a little bit of imposter syndrome where you're like, I might not be able to do this, but I, I truly believe in never putting anything too far away from you. Like if you want to be a photographer, don't like I'd even for me, it's like weird. I don't like to call myself a photographer, but at the same time, I don't put it that far away from me. Like when I'm afraid to try it. So when, when you have a 30 second elevator pitch, what do you, what do you say that you do? I dude, if some, if somebody was like, Oh, what do you do? I would just say, I take pictures. I like to take pictures. I like to, it's getting into more. I'm trying to rebrand now, which is a weird time in my life, but um, I want to get more into the, the ideation side of things like doing social campaigns for brands, something where it's like, for example, you have a brand that sells water bottles, right? But right. they're really, their mission is to, to make a cleaner environment. Like they're selling reusable water bottles. Their mission isn't to just be like, here's a bottle. Their mission is to be like, listen, you're going to change the world. You're going to have less plastic in the oceans. You're making a step towards environmentalism and helping your local community by not having plastic bottles on the street. So I think that that's the side of things that I want to get into where I can take a company's product and really get to the meaning behind it. So you're just, you want to do more like story, full, full scope storytelling. Yeah. I really want to restart a creative agency and that's what I've been focusing on over this quarantine time. So is, is that doing that yourself or like joining a, a company or a brand? No, doing it myself. Okay. I have an LLC, so I'm, I'm, for your, for your freelance photography business. Yep. So but, uh, I do, I do want to talk about that because myself included, I know nothing about freelance photography. My, like you talked about earlier, your immediate uh, understanding when somebody says freelance photographer is like you do weddings, you do engagement photos, you do, you know, the pretty stuff. And, yeah. and it's not the, to say that those people aren't super talented and there's no money in it. Cause there is, there's a lot. Um, that's, like the, that's like the perception. So like what, when you've been working over the past few years as a quote unquote freelance photographer, what, how do you find work? What is that entitled? Like, what do you, how do you differentiate yourself from somebody else? Because I think, I think you're going to educate a lot of people. I recorded uh, the first episode, uh, 
with this awesome kid, Shane. And like, I learned so much about his, what he's done in his past career that I it just blew my brain out. And I think if you just touch on a couple of those points, I think you're going to educate a lot of people. Dude, what does Shane do? So he went from being devoting his entire life, being a 300 pound football player at BC. He's still in college. He's graduating this year to now being like a 200 pound uh, artist. Uh, and he's fucking sick. Oh my God, dude. dude this, I'm, I'm launching the episode on Monday. So I think it, it, it's going to be, it's an I'll hour it long. It's, a, it's, a, it's incredible. Yeah. Dude, my, my process of getting clients is so similar to how you found a job before you graduated college. Email a million people. <laughs> I love that. Let's go. <laughs> dude, like I remember for like two years, I woke up at 5.30 in the morning. I would like get, I would write in my journal, um, do a blog post because I did like a 365 blog post. I do want to, I want to talk about that. I don't know if you that later. Okay. <laughs> and, then, and then I would hop on from like 10, 10 to 12 for two hours or, or more finding brands that I wanted to work with, sending them a couple examples, sending them a pitch of, Hey, I can shoot my two buddies, um, in this area. And for whatever, like we would love to work with this product, this product, this product, I think it would be a perfect mix for this shoot. Um, would you guys be interested? And they would get back to me and be like, Hey, we'll send you a product. And I'd be like, sorry, like I need just like this amount for a budget. And it would either be like, I don't know. So it, it's, it's, you get three answers, no answer. We'll send you product or yes. How much? And it's like two of those answers will be people paying out of 150 emails. Right. Um, but the other thing is sometimes you do have to take the product and really exceed their expectations. So shoot, shoot for free. It sucks. You know, sometimes it sucks, but at the same time, I'm in this because I love to take pictures. Right. I'm not necessarily in this just for the money. And when I wanted to be like a lifestyle photographer, I would take the products, kill it for them. And some brands would come back and say, Hey, listen, we loved what you did the first time. We'll give you a budget now. And that has been the growth building that relationship. It's a long-term strategy. I mean, people who just like are always like, no, I need X number of dollars. That's just so short term. And you're probably going to even get more no's than yeses that way. Yeah. Versus trying be, to grow a relationship. Exactly. Um, it, it is a long game. Like I, I always tell myself, like you're playing the marathon. That's like, be good to people, do the best work that you can. Um, and during that time, I think a lot of people will be like, wait, but like, if you were only getting a little bit of money from them, I worked manual labor jobs while doing that. Right. I would work it's not, that doesn't hours. consume your entire day. You're doing other shit. Dude, I worked 14 hours a day, like every single day, putting granite in a, in, on countertops. And then I would leave there and go stump grinding, which is like, literally, if somebody has a stump in their front yard, you take a giant machine and it chops the stump down until it digs a hole in the ground. And then you fill it back in with dirt. It's backbreaking work. And then every day I would leave there and I would shoot for two hours. Well, would you catch like golden hour afterwards? Yep, every day. That's a that's a long day. I mean, you're, you're starting at five, so like you're not, you're not ending until eight nine o'clock. Yeah, it was a long dude. That 
it was like every summer when I was coming home from college, that's what I did. And then any weekend I had off, I was booking shoots to try to make some extra cash and to try to like build my name and build a career. And so is, is that still like, does that bring you to current day? Is that like really what you still do? Yes. Yeah, so from those days, I've built the relationships now to where they actually pay me a day rate. <laughs> that sounds awesome compared to back yeah. then. <laughs> yeah. So it's like, you don't like, now I have some pretty loyal clients, like, but um, I do some assisting now too, which I think I'm, I'm stepping out of. So I assist a few photographers in the city and oh. it was great. It was great for a year to just like learn more of the lighting side of things. Um, get fed like a, you get fed like a king on set. It's pretty amazing. Really? Yeah. You show up. and there's like a So I, I gotta, I gotta ask, cause I'm, I'm just an idiot. Right. And so like, what does on set mean? Right. I mean, you're, I'm assuming that varies whether it's a clothing brand or, or like, cause when I think of on set, I think of a movie. Yeah, it actually looks like a movie set when I when I say on set, but like, diff- there's so many studios in the city, but um, some of the photographers I assist for one guy is a celebrity photographer, um, another guy does like clothing brands, so we'll be like in their offices, they have like a a studio set up. Um, I'm trying to think, I've assisted a few other people that have their own studios. But mainly it's at like Milk, Pier 59, um, Root Studios. And few, there's, there's a bunch. But it looks like a movie set. That's awesome. Or it sounds awesome. I don't know if it is or not. Uh, it's, again, long days. But, and every time you're there, you're just like, damn, like, I could be shooting this. <laughs> <laughs> I could be doing this. Yeah. Um, so I, I do want to go backwards before I forget. I want to talk about, um, because probably the first time I like really was like, I like really like fuck with what you're doing was when you were doing, you were writing a blog post every single day and you mm-hmm. did it for an entire year straight, which I, it took me about a year and a half. Easy. <laughs> it took me about a year and a half. There was some times when I was traveling or doing things that I just like had no internet or there were some weeks where I was just not having the best week and I didn't want to do it. Sure. Um, that shit happens. Like you can't beat yourself up over it, but I knew that I was going to finish no matter what. That's that was like my mindset. And so, was- so we'll, we'll, uh, we'll have the link below, but like on your website, you still do blog every once in a while and, and yeah. you've progressed into becoming a, re- a really good writer as well. Dude, that is a huge compliment, but I don't think so. <laughs> oh my god because like it's so i'm gonna relate it right and like so i just started and i've been pushing this off since college because i went to school for design and like back then everyone's like oh build your own you know website put your put your work up there blah 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 i've been putting it off for over five years and like i just never have done it and then this past fall i finally did it i bought my own website i finally invested the time and the money into it and now I write every once in a while. I did it for 100, uh, 120 straight days. It was a third of a year. Every Damn. single day. I didn't skip a day. There you go. See, there's and, no reason There's no reason to skip a day. Yeah, I mean, I, you would give yourself, but it would be like, sometimes I'd cut it. It'd be 11.59 p.m. <laughs> yeah. That day, and I'd, I'd post, and then the next morning, I would, I would do it to cover that entire day. So, like, I, like, finagled it a little bit. But uh, then I, like, hit 
it was just like I needed a week break. I like mentally, I was like, I can't do this. Like, I need a yeah, break. Yeah, you don't have anything to write about. And I was like, so proud of that. I'm like, that's a, that's literally a third of a year. I'm like, that's good enough. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I totally I, stole that idea from you, dude. But I kind of stole that idea from Casey Neistat. This dude was like, did a vlog every single day, and I was like, why can't I just write a blog every single day? Why can't I have a 365 thing to just get me get me moving? And it made me shoot more because I needed pictures for it. Um, it made me, yeah, I, I'm not a writer, but. But you learn how to like write better over time. And like, even with myself, like before I just, I would literally just write whatever emotions I was feeling. And then I read back on them and I'm like, ah, oh, that's garbage. <laughs> and like, <laughs> you can like position it better because like, you know how the reader is going to want to consume it. Yeah. Yeah. That's. I think there's a lot of growth in there because you come, you become aware of what you're doing wrong. Like you could just, you could write something and not necessarily like your writing skills. My grammar is still horrendous. I have Grammarly and it still does nothing for me. <laughs> I think Grammarly is like, bro, what's wrong with your head? This will literally never be sponsored by Grammarly. Thanks to you. <laughs> I'm sorry, Grammarly. You guys are the best. I'm just kidding. It's probably in my life. <laughs> It was funny, Shane and I were joking when we recorded our episode at the end, we're like, oh, we need like a beer. We were like, shout out Bud Light or Bush Light. Like, let's get in on this. <laughs> oh, damn, dude. You need a beer company. Totally. That'd be a great uh, way to tip it off. Yeah, that would be awesome. But um, so yeah, no, you wrote for a very long time. You still do write. And uh, your photography, in my opinion, has gotten really, really good. I think it's like some of the, like, and I follow a, a, a number of New York City art uh, photographers. And like New York City's great, right? Because you're always surrounded by content that you can shoot. And there's, yeah. there's, there's reflections, there's shadows, there's highlights, there's movement, there's people, there's literally everything you can ever imagine to shoot. Mm -hmm. And so how do you think that you like separate yourself from anybody else? Oof, that's a juicy one. That is a juicy one. Uh, dude, I, I like to think, I'd like to think that I'm unique in some sense, but there's so many ideas that I'll have that'll pop into my head. I'll write it down. And a week later, I'll see some famous photographer doing it. Like, or I'll see like Joe Schmo photographer doing it too like our our brains are so similar <laughs> like they're made up in the same way it's like i i for me what i'm what i'm aiming to do is like to be at the cutting edge of of what's about to be that next idea or what's about to be that crazy idea and it doesn't it doesn't always work out um I'm trying to think how i differentiate myself just I, I mean you hinted about the relationships part right and and to me that's huge because even in the design world, I, I tell people all the time, I don't think you have to be the best drawer or the best, you know, uh, visual artist or anything like that. You have to be the best communicator of ideas. And so if yeah. that takes a shit sketch in order to communicate a better idea than a really pretty drawing, I'm cool with that. And, yeah. and, and the only way to really do that is then, then it comes down to like a little bit of EQ versus, versus mm -hmm. the IQ part of it. Yeah. You know what, that, that rings, that like reminds me of something. Uh, I, with my work, always try to show and not tell. Um, it was a, a piece of advice someone gave me a long time ago, and it has worked out tenfold. Um, if you want to shoot something for a company, go shoot it and send it to them. 
and then say, Hey, I would love to do a tiny shoot with you. It takes a lot more work to do it. But like, if you want to pitch the New York times, you can't like just send them the idea that they, they want to see that you've gone out, you've spent the time shooting it, that you have the photos already done. And then they'll trust you to do another shoot. They might send you on a, on an assignment, but you have to like show first, just like you with your portfolio. You wanted a job, man focused on your portfolio, you said, look what I can do. And they said, let's hire this kid. But if you had went to them and said, I could do it and didn't have anything to show, they would have been like, dude, buzz off. Yeah, it's exactly the same thing. So so now that you've kind of built up a few brands, it sounds like the, the next thing you're working on is this creative agency. Um, like, how do you, you know, is that is that like, how close are you to actually finalizing and working on that? Or, or is that like a, you know, so we, we do have a job booked for July. Oh, so, shit. Okay. Um, but the first job, it might not be the best day rate or it might not be the best budget, but the point of the first job is to get a case study done so I can show other brands that we can do this. Um, my goal with that is to have culturally impactful work. Cause we, we see all the time, like, like I said, you see a brand just post their product. You know what I mean? Like how does, I don't know, think of a, think of a, a weird brand that you'd never expect to see on Instagram, like KitchenAid or something. Right. Like how does, how does a, I don't know, it's like bounty paper towels make an impactful, engaging Instagram post? Or how do they make a social campaign or how do they make a campaign that's socially impactful? I think that a lot of these brands need to put their their morals and their political beliefs and a lot of their statements at the forefront of their message, um, specifically on Instagram. Right. Because if, I don't know, if like Dove Body Soap says, like, posts a picture and says, fuck Trump, well, guess what? They're going to get 100,000 people saying, like, yeah, fuck Trump. And they're going to get 100,000 people saying, like, oh, I totally agree with you. Or, uh, or I totally disagree with you. Trump is the man. You know what I mean? And it's like, you took something, you, you're taking something that would have absolutely no engagement, a bar of soap, and then you're making it into, like, you've got 200,000 comments that you wouldn't have had before. And whether or not that drives your soap sales, it doesn't have to be so extreme. But, but, it's, it, but, it's, but it's engaging, right? And and, uh, and I think what, what people don't understand this day, the biggest thing that I've learned is you have to go where people's attention goes. Yeah. People's, people's attention is on, is on the presidency and on politics. Go where that is. It's, it's yeah. just, the best example of that is fucking Tiger King. You know how many people outside of Netflix have made money off that shit? Damn, that's genius. That's pure genius. Like... <laughs> Like, like so, social commentary, like if you're Dove Soap, why don't you post a, like hire an influencer that carves, does carving sculptures, make him carve Joe Exotic and then say, who else watched, like out of your soap and then just say, who else watched Tiger King? Totally. You're going to get a hundred thousand comments and say, yes, I watched it. Yes, I watch it. And then you might get 50 that say, and the next Tiger time, King. The, the next time there's the, the, those, those same people who commented are walking through Target. Which soap do you think they're picking up? Which one's in their brain? I always go back to, uh, you ever see the movie uh, Focus with Will Smith? I haven't. Uh, it's, and it's with Margot Robbie. 
Um, Love Margot Robbie. Yeah, who doesn't? <laughs> um, <laughs> um, keep no, talking. I'm going to put a hoodie on, but I can hear you. Okay, cool. And, um, and the best part of that, uh, that movie, in my opinion, is so they're gambling in a, in a football stadium and they're with this really rich guy and they're trying to, you know, he keeps losing bet after bet after bet after bet. Will Smith does. And he keeps one-upping and he's got a, a little bit of a gambling problem, or at least that's what, what's perceived, right? And he keeps going $100,000, $200,000, $2 million, $4 million. He keeps doubling up, doubling up. Then at the final one, he's like, he's, he's just like, okay, what I'm going to do, pick any number out there on any player's jersey. And he's like, I'm going to guess it. And what he was doing, and he guessed it right, the number was 55 in the movie. He was planting seeds throughout the guy's past like two weeks or something like that, the number 55 in chandeliers. He was like ingraining it into this person's brain. So subconsciously, he immediately was drawn to 55. Now, I don't know how, like, if that's 100% true or like, but the principle is, is like, it's constantly subconsciously like ingrained in people's like day to day. And if you can make that sort of impact, there's going to be a light switch when that consumer walks through the store. And like, to me, that's so key. You got to go where the attention is. Yeah, dude, that's even like with jingles and stuff. Like how, how many jingles did you hear as, as a kid that you still remember today? And that if you needed like someone to clean, clean your carpet, you'd be like, well, Stanley Steamer, of course. <laughs> yeah, I don't know how, if people in the other parts of the country know Stanley Steamer, but that motherfucker was all over Connecticut. <laughs> I know, dude. I, I always forget that a lot of those things are regional. <laughs> totally <laughs> you like pop up a jingle on somebody that's from like des moines iowa and they're like what are you talking about dude <laughs> it's so true um so so yeah i mean it sounds like the the creative agency part uh you know that's the the big next thing um anything else that like you want to you want to chat about or uh you know bring up you know i think I'm super stoked. I, you know, I really do love your photography. Um, you know, I'm personally not a photographer. I actually re regret, I sold my DSLR a couple of years ago from college. And now that like you hit Corona land, I'm like, Oh, I have all this time where I'm going to like try to consume it. And I wish I totally had a camera to go like shoot some stuff. Dude, I wish you had a point and shoot. I know people kind of knock on them, but they're so much better than some DSLRs because of DSLR, like you're, you're stuck with this one lens. But you get a point and shoot, dude. It'll like zoom in times a hundred, and then like you could shoot super wide. Right. And they're making the sensors better and better. And uh, mirrorless cameras are pretty insane. So that would be if you if you get the chance to pull up on a cheap point and shoot, dude, do it. I probably will great. at some point. I'm gonna I'm gonna get into it because like my problem is like as soon as I start something, I'm like gonna go all in and I'm gonna put ten thousand hours into it until I yeah. get like relatively decent at it. And yeah. You know, and that's just. Gorgeous. What's that? Your phone, buddy. Oh, I mean, I I do. I have. I just checked. I have twenty one thousand photos on my phone. Jesus, the thing's probably bogging down. Dude, <laughs> it's like Dave, help. That's a lot, right? <laughs> that's yeah, that's a lot, dude. I take photos all the time. I'm I'm attracted. You know, I asked the question of like, how do you think you differentiate yourself? Like, to me, my vision it's always drawn to like highlights and shadows or you know how does the sun hit something and what does it create from that and how does that rest on top of another object because that mm. like, i i'm light is everything yeah i'm fortunate that this like apartment gets really good sunlight in the mornings and like the the shadows it creates it's like it gets me beautiful up 
Yeah, dude, that's how I feel. I get like my apartment doesn't get any light. Like the sun rises back there on that wall, and then it sets on that wall. So I don't get any light here. But when I go to my girlfriend's apartment, it's like first thing in the morning. She just hears like click, 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 and she knows that I'm like so excited. I've seen the same light in that apartment three million times. I still get pumped up about it. Totally. Yeah, I feel you on that. <laughs> yeah. Um, dude, yes. Yeah, like, I definitely have some questions for you. Um, yeah, all right. <laughs> we're going to flip the script. All dude, right. I, up. <laughs> what's your favorite design you've ever done? Because every time I see your stuff, I'm like, I can't believe you worked on this. This uh, massive project. So I have like a top two, obviously. And I think, I think one of them uh, most people are familiar with. And I'm gonna, I'll start with my, my number two. Uh, and that's the the Nike program uh, that we got to work on with Matthew Williams, your name, um, the guy, uh, founder of Aleek's brand. Um, you know, he's a big Vibram advocate. And um, he when he was uh, working with Nike on their, their collection together, his goal of the project was to transform a normal trainer uh, or like a runner or a gym shoe. Uh, into like this outdoor beast, right? That you can you can tackle a mountain, you can go trail running, you can do this. So he wanted something that would transform an object. And that's why he was like, we got to work with Vibram, we got to create this crampon that'll go over it. And I was really fortunate uh, enough to be able to, to design and work on it with the Nike team and with him. Um, and then that relationships really transpired um, because I got to go to Italy. Uh, I was on a talk in front of like GQ Italy in front of all these things and like all these, a world that doesn't exist to me. It doesn't exist for a kid from Woolcott, Connecticut. That's what people don't understand. And that's, that will always keep me grounded. And like, yeah, I don't deserve to be there, but I've worked so fucking hard that part of me is like, no, stop saying that Dave. Like you have every right to be there. And so it's like, if I didn't submit good enough designs for Nike for him, I wouldn't have been there. And yeah. so um, that, that pro and then I got to spend three, three straight days in Guangzhou, China uh, with him and his team, which was really phenomenal. That was a really cool experience. Yeah. So that, that one project, it's like, it's just transpired into this relationship. Um, and, and, you know, he's, he's an, an incredible brain. Um, but my number one, I got to work on you talk about like uh, social impact, you know, environmental impact and stuff like that. Uh, years ago, I got to work on this project uh, with Patagonia and it was through Danner Boots, which is one of my favorite boot companies as well because they make in the US. And Patagonia obviously is like the OG in the outdoor world for like sustainability. Yeah. They are a staple um, and their founder, Yvonne Chouinard, uh, he obviously has a book that's fairly famous. It's called Let My People Go Surfing or something yeah. along those lines. Uh, yeah, let, let my people... That's it. Let my people go surfing. Yeah, or something sure. like that. And so Patagonia's headquarters is in Ventura, California. And I had the opportunity to, to design uh, the sole unit for, in my opinion, the best fishing products that have ever been created. He created this tank. Uh, and so Danner, Danner manufactured the boot. We provided the outsole. And then it was like a collaboration with them, obviously, because he wanted to create the best fishing boots on the market. And so he fucking did. And we created like a lightweight one. And then we created this, this, this beast. And uh, I got to go to his house in Ventura, California Damn. on the Pacific coast. And he's so humble and so nice. And like, you talk about an OG man that doesn't get any, like nobody, nobody our age knows who he is. 
He was an he was an iron worker. He made a well, not an iron worker. He made iron, um, what's it called? Like spikes and shit and crampons and stuff for climbers. Yeah, and clips the whole nine yards, dude. That's how Patagonia yeah. was founded. Um, yeah, and he he if 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 you're listening to this and you don't know the story behind Patagonia, please go look it up. So that that was really special because we were sitting there with veterans from Patagonia who have never been to his house, who have been at that company for so decades. And that's they're the like, most diehard like employee base ever. Totally. And like, they were like, like lead Patagonia. 1000%. And they're like, I don't think you guys realize how rare this is or how impossible it is to do this. And we're yeah. literally in this fucking backyard just testing some boots. Damn. It was, it, it was nuts. That, that project holds such a special place in my heart. Yeah. That's like one where you get to meet an idol, like some, he's almost like an enigma or something like this. He's that's like insane, some dude. godlike figure, dude. Dude. Um, how was his house? Was it like enormous or was no. it like, cause he, it's such a humble brand. I, I, I was always curious it's, about that. And I, I feel weird like talking about it because he's obviously so secretive about it. But yeah, and I won't go into like, it's not a big house. He's it's not overwhelming. He doesn't own fancy cars. He doesn't he doesn't do any of that. He he lives yeah. very minimally. You can say, yeah, he's that's very, that's he's really inspiring, because sometimes you see people at the top that are just like, really fucking shitty, you know. Yep. And uh, I don't know, like. I kind of don't. I don't want to say too much about any particular celebrity. Most of the celebrities that I've been on set with have been just like sweethearts or super nice. Look, look, I want to spin zone back to you. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. So I want and don't name names if you're not comfortable or, or obviously like who knows where this can go. I I think I'm gonna take this whatever this is. I'm gonna take it to the fucking moon and I can't wait. Um, but <laughs> like, what is it like shooting with celebrities? Obviously you're in New York City. I haven't shot, I haven't shot the celebrities. I'm like assuming I set up the lighting. Okay. But you've been there. You've been on set with them. Yeah. Yeah. It's what, no different than what? shooting a model. Really? That's um, it? The only difference is there's probably, there's way more security. <laughs> okay. There's way more hoops to jump through just to get in the door some days. It's like. Uh, they have like I was on a set for Apple when they were launching Apple TV, and we were shooting, we were shooting with Oprah, and like first thing first, like you come in, they had to tape up your phone, like put all these sensors on it with a barcode, and they scanned it. Um, I ripped mine off like on my way out before I got out the door. They had to go through my entire phone, so they knew. They had to make sure that I didn't get any pictures of Oprah on my phone, and I didn't take any pictures of her. Um, nope. I just ripped—I just ripped off the sticker because I was like, "Oh, well, I'm leaving. I'm about to be out." Um, See, that's the type of shit people need to understand. Like, I had no idea they do that. Some sets, it was because it was Apple. Who's the Who's the most famous person you've been like on set with? Uh, probably Kim Kardashian. Seriously? Yeah. But I wasn't too amazed by Kim Kardashian. I was like, I, I showed up on set one day. They never, like, this one particular photographer never sends us a call sheet, which is, like, normally describing who you're shooting, what's getting shot. Totally. It, it drives me nuts because it's just, like, I need to know, like, the location, the time, the place. And they're trying to text that to me, which is just, like, unprofessional. But 
we get there and I was like, who was shooting today? And they're like, oh, Kim K. And I was like, who the fuck's Kim K? And they're like, Kardashian. And I was just like, oh, like, cool, whatever. But then I was, it clicked. And I was like, does this mean that fucking Kanye West is going to show up on set? That's a natural reaction. And they were like, yes, most likely. And the only interaction I had with Kanye was I opened the door and it was two security guards, Kanye West and Kim Kardashian. And I was like, you're at the wrong door, man. <laughs> Just close. Oh, so you talked to him? No, I said you're at the wrong door. <laughs> but you, you spoke words towards Kanye. Yeah, that was it. <laughs> a lot shorter than I expected, too. Wait, what did you say? He's a lot shorter than I expected. <laughs> Jesus, Kanye, if you ever hear this, don't take offense to that. No, dude, I, I was like, dude, it was like, probably the highlight of my life just seeing Kanye West like three feet away from me but um and then nobody I don't think you don't like publicize any of this I mean I guess you can't no I can't if I like posted a picture of like the set or something I'd probably get in trouble or wouldn't be on set ever again but um the cool part was though like you kind of hear stuff about Kanye and then like how he's kind of like loves himself and he loves what he does and in the next room, the like it was a, a big giant hotel room, the Ritz Carlton. That's where the, we were shooting these like portraits. So Kanye is in like the dressing room, and then we have a su- studio set up in like the living room of this hotel room. And at the end, when we're breaking down, he's like talking to the stylist, and he's like, "Have you heard my new album?" And it's like that gospel album. And the guy was like, "No, I haven't checked it out yet." And he literally was just like, "Dope, sit down." And he played the entire album front to back. And I was like, that is the most Kanye move you could ever fucking do. That's amazing. Yeah, I thought it was so sick. I literally wanted to just be like, dude, I love you. (laughs) That's an incredible story. Yeah, I think Kanye's sick, dude. I think Kanye's probably the coolest person alive. And a lot of people hate him, but I think he's he's on his own wavelength. I'm a big fan myself and like regardless of what you think of the music and 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 it doesn't matter like obviously he's progressed through album by album um, and each one has a different staple in time but like I've I've listened to a lot of different interviews and, and some people think he's like the worst to work with and other people are like no he's the most respectful and genuine person to work with so he um, seems super nice to me he, you know I mean Kim K was super nice too she was great and people were like oh she it was almost like when she was talking to everyone, she seemed super intelligent and, and like smart and like great. And she was like really just like a friendly person. And then when they, they were doing Instagram stories, it was almost like she put on some like, like act. It was like, there was like two different people. She was like, Oh, I'm done. Like it felt oh, like. I, I like massively assume that's not their entire personality. Like you can't, you, you can't, I mean, 18 years on TV or something like that. Right. The Kardashians is like so, a lot smarter than people think. There, yeah, there, there's, there's a lot of showmanship going on there. Yeah. Um, and, and it's nice. I think it's really refreshing and nice to hear that they're normal people. Yeah, she seems super cool, dude. She seems super, like, normal. Like, you could have a bullshit with her or whatever, but. Because that's, I mean, like, the, to me, the, 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 the best part of, like, you know, having opportunities working with these, these quote-unquote, you know, famous people is that at the end of the day, they're just like you and I. They're normal fucking humans. And like yeah. one, one thing people, I, the challenge I think with any creative field, right, is the biggest thing that gets in the way is egos. 
-hmm. And I think that the sooner that, that artists and creatives can, can realize that that is what's actually holding them back is as soon as you let go of that ego, you're going to realize that everybody's on the same playing field and you can literally just, you can, you can understand that you can work right next to them and that there's no, there's no barrier. There's no wall. You just got to go get it. Yeah, dude, that's, I couldn't have said it better myself, man. It's just like doing the work. And like, I, even myself, I need to like work harder. Cause do you see these people, these ultra celebrities and stuff, or you see successful businessmen that I've like photographed and it's like, dude, they're on another level when it comes to their work ethic. They don't stop. Like Kim Kardashian was on four shoots that day, I bet. And that, that's like, that's one day for her life. Like boom, 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 boom. And then boom back to California or wherever. Yeah. Those people, I'm getting notifications on the screen. Yeah. Those people don't stop. And it's kind of like, I told my girlfriend the story, but it's like, if, if you see an entrepreneur work, like a real entrepreneur, somebody who's like made multi-millions off the internet or started an agency and they do none of the work ex except convincing people to be a client and then they offload it to other people. That dude, that work ethic is like nothing you'll ever see. And it's, to me, I, I don't think you can unsee it. So I'm always like comparing myself to that. I'm always like, shit, dude, like I, I should be doing stuff right now. I, you know, that's really, really well said. And because it's, it's true, because I think in this day and age, it's really easy. So many people have started businesses or, or are able to start business. I mean, you're self-included, right? I mean, you have your own business and, yeah. and it's, not, it's not a negative thing, but like what you're saying is it's such a, it is a grind if you want to be massively successful and to really get to that pinnacle level. And, you know, I think what I, what I see happening is that that work or like that 18 hour work day is, is like, it's so in front of everybody's face. And I do it too, because I publicly show how much I work. Cause I work a lot too. Cause it, it's just inherently in my blood. And yeah. You have that immigrant mindset, dude. I, I could smell it from a mile away. Dude, I do. And I'm not fucking stopping until I take this planet to the moon, man. I'm, I'm going to keep going and I'm going to keep learning things and I'm going to just, but, but it, what I, what I'm trying to get at is like, it's not for everybody. And yeah. I, I never, I never want to make it seem like you have to do this. If you're fucking happy working a nine hour day job, more power to you, dude. Yeah. I find that like, I go in cycles. Like sometimes I'll work super hard for like six, seven months, eight months, and then I'll have like a two month come down and then I'll go back up again. And I realize like, I'm not happy when I'm like not doing what I need to get done. I, like, I mean, it, I burn out probably once every two to three weeks. Yeah, dude. Same with me. Lot, which is a lot. And like, I'm constantly, um, you know, working with my therapist on how to figure out how to avoid that crash right it's like you know it's coming and you know you should slow down and take a break but it's like built in you where you're like i can't like i'm holding yeah. myself accountable i'm not making any excuses but then when it crashes it like takes you out for like three to four days yeah it takes the train right off the tracks man it's like you have all this momentum and you're going and then all of a sudden it's just like boop see ya Dude, i know and I hate it i'm not like producing anything like anything like and it's not even like producing content, like for people to see, because like a lot of the stuff, even I post, like nobody knows what I do behind the scenes. I have like literally a dozen projects that nobody will ever see the light of day. And I do those for myself. Yeah. And, and it's like, but do the paintings, I man, I love that. The what? I love the paintings of the shoes. 
Oh, dude, thank you. I, so uh, I, uh, I do want to, obviously, so <laughs> there's a funny story behind that, like, and I don't know if you know, I never painted before, like a year ago on March of 2000, what it, what it be in 20, March of 2019, it literally almost a year, a year ago, I was just, I owned my house back then. And I was like, I need extra cash because like I was spending so much money at Home Depot and stuff like that working on it. And I was like, just, I went on Indeed and I'm like part-time jobs, like for our artists and stuff like that. And like this part-time paint gig came up and and so we talked about the fake it till you make it. And they're like, so I submit this application. My resume obviously over exceeds what they normally hire because like I have a full-time job that like yeah. I'm good at. And then they were like, you need to submit three pieces of artwork. And I'm like, oh shit, I don't have any. Oh and so I had to create artwork to submit to get this job that I don't really need and so a year later it just developed and it's really cool. I love that job. And and currently like the, obviously with Corona land, like I don't work there anymore, mm -hmm. but I can't wait to go back because it taught me how to like speak and articulate in front of up to 50 people of like step-by-step -step instructions of how to do something. Wait, are you doing painting classes? Yeah. That's what it is. I teach people, they, they come sip some wine or beer and I Dude, teach you're badass. <laughs> that is sick. And so the best part is it's like, it's helped me articulate the way that I instruct. And it's actually helped me at my real job where I work with a lot of people on a team and I'm able to articulate way, way better. And so I've pulled something from this part-time job that transpires into my full-time job and makes me a better person. And so, and it's made me a better art. Like I didn't know I really knew how to paint. And so now I do these like paintings and I love them but they take 40 to 50 hours man there it's like the patience behind that is like I want to strangle every painting oh my god yeah dude I took a painting class in in college and it was oil painting and we would spend like an entire three-hour class mixing paint for our palette and like this teacher was so so on point like she she knew that that's what you need to do to make this painting good and we were allowed to have like four colors in our bucket, but we had to mix every single paint to make the colors that we needed for our painting. Oh shit. Or like, I don't know, we had like, I don't know, like five colors, but dude, like I'm all about that. When, when there's something else that you can do that trickles into your, your craft. Or like what your passion that's is. That's what makes you unique, you know? What's that? I think that's what makes someone stand out and make someone unique is like, you're i don't know like you look at some of these photographers that are shooting for vogue covers and they're like yeah i was just a kid who filmed skateboarding when i was a little kid and that like that skating angle that the way they photograph their skating trickled into like how they photograph fashion and it's a different take on it so like the way you speak about your work might be affected by you giving these painting classes but that's exactly why like i'm even this right like i didn't know how to do youtube and it's been around for so long. And I talked about it a little bit in the last episode, but it's like, I didn't know about anything about this platform. And I'm like, I got to start creating YouTubes. I'm like, people have made a boatload of money. They've gotten out there. They've been able to promote things. They've been able to talk about their life. Every one of us has a story to tell. And that's really the premise of this. And I just want to have conversations with people to tell their story to hopefully better their life. Because, you know, you talked a little bit about what, the, what was the girl's name, Beth from Australia? Yeah, uh, she's actually from Rhode Island, I believe. So like, but we met, we met in Australia. 
like right crazy. again like you so many of us don't have access to mentors or an influence and they come from worse places than us and like if you can just show somebody that there is a light that they can they can go after whatever they want to go after they just really have to figure it out along the way that's why i try to do every different type of medium there is because i'm like one day i'm going to need the skill from iMovie to fucking edit something that's going to affect yeah. something else and like and then it's going to transpire and it's going to get me somewhere else and like it goes around man and it's like but it's not easy it's like i'm exhausted every fucking day yeah there's always too much to learn i always think i'm like dude i want to make a zine like i wanted to make a magazine and for years i put it too far ahead of me i was like oh that's too difficult to do like i could never do that i need a designer no you don't need a designer you should make you a magazine i bet be fucking sick yeah i've made it i made a few um but dude you just hop on indesign and just fucking do it wait have you printed a magazine? i i've done a few printed ones just like just photo like journals and stuff um, I'm going to be doing one again. We're actually working on some like Corona images with my buddy, my buddy in Poland. He's a designer, which is even more ironic. He lives in Krakow. No shit. Uh, and I went to school with this kid from Poland. So I know a little bit of Polish. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, dude, I'm, I'm stoked. Like you should, you should publicize that. Cause like your, your, uh, your Corona land images have been really, really, really good. Thanks, brother. And I love yeah. this, like you. You what did you say? You you asked two hundred people and you got like twelve yeses. Oh, dude! I literally went on the street again. Like another example of just like stop putting shit so far ahead of yourself or like so far away. I literally agonized with the idea of shooting twenty portraits for like three weeks, and it it just like blew my mind that it's like I'm such a carefree person. Like where I'm like, I am not afraid for people to judge me. But then when it comes to like asking someone for their picture, we all get those nerves where they're like, oh damn, like you're gonna get rejection. Dude, I went out there and did it. It was so easy, Ins insanely easy. The like, first so 10 people I asked were like, nope, not me, right? Yeah. So I switched my word. You just kept moving. Yeah, I, dude, I literally asked 10 people. Everyone said no. Switched up my wording a little bit. 14 people said yes. Just like boom, in, an, in like an hour and a half. So again, people, like if you're listening to this, like you got to try something and you're going to learn and it's going to progress and you're going to become better at understanding why you received a no. Yeah. And if you keep, if you keep doing the same thing over and over for 200 straight times and you get no's every 200 times, you might want to reevaluate yourself because then you clear, you're clearly not learning what you're doing wrong. Yeah. It's the same, dude. It's the same thing. I'm sure with your emails, um, if you're pitching brands, and you pitch to a hundred brands and like, like my email script that I used to send to brands got so short because I knew that I was including too much information from not getting answers. And then eventually I came up with one script that worked and I sent that to 40 brands, you know? That's and then, awesome. yeah, it just keep refining, keep refining, keep refining. And that's with every part of your practice. That's awesome, man. I, I love that shit. Um, so yeah, no, let, let me know when you, uh, when you launch that magazine, I think that's, a, that's a super cool, uh, kind of creative outlet as well. Like, cause then you have to, you have to build it out in a different way. It's not just photography. It's like, how do you, how do you make those images stand alone on a page with like a couple pieces of text or a lot of text? And then how, what is what is the balance? I think that type of like graphic, like illustration and, and graphic design is just on a whole nother level. Um, yeah. 
that's, that's super even. difficult to do and i'm not a designer but like i know a little bit i know how to lay it out and stuff and for me what i like to do is which i only started doing recently i've only done one journal but dude just making a contact sheet at staples cutting 40 images off a page and then just puzzling them around biggest like mind-blowing changing moment for my photography shit that like i knew i should have been doing that from the start and i finally just was like okay like let me move these pictures around print print your stuff see it in person lay it on a table flip it around that's a that's a really really great idea even if you're not a photographer print your pictures put them in a journal write in your journal you're gonna look back at that moment and or you're gonna learn every single day and be like damn like i wish i didn't handle that situation like i did or it gives you an opportunity to change your actions. I really love that. I think that's why I'm so addicted to photography and writing. And it's, it's that like, it makes me grow. It's like my version of therapy, you yeah. know? So uh, I got to ask about this just due to, due to the times, like has, has our, like the global pandemic like affected your work at all? Or like, has it, you know? Yeah, yeah, for sure. I filed for unemployment. Freelancers can finally get it. Yeah, we do. um uh, yeah but uh i've been doing some shoots still shot some stuff for a jewelry company in my living room just like set up a a small backdrop um got like i still luckily like my girlfriend can do some modeling for me for some lifestyle stuff so we can get outside and get some shots um within distance of people but there's I, i mean there's, this is a huge opportunity. I don't see this whole quarantine thing as like necessarily like, obviously it's super negative. People are dying. Like that sucks. But for somebody healthy like me or you, dude, we have time on our side right now. When do you have this much time? Never. When? I'm so happy you said that. I'm so, so thrilled because that's what people, they, they keep saying it or they'll hear it from like somebody, but they don't do anything with it. Dude, me and my girlfriend got sick right in the beginning of this. And we didn't get tested, but we both think we had it. But whether or not we had it or not, we had like two weeks of just like bedridden and it sucked and we were just bored and stuff. Now that we're healthy, we're running every day. We are um, doing yoga first thing in the morning. Dude, I'm getting, I'm getting so flexible. <laughs> <laughs> I've never been able to touch my toes, man. And I, I ran a, I trained and ran a marathon last year. So I've never been able to touch my toes. Dude, I can touch my toes. That's incredible. That that is a feat in itself, dude. I, you want to see it? I'm just kidding. No. <laughs> <That's> no. <laughs> um, but I I I do want to uh, ask you, um, and I don't know if you can or or, or want to talk about it. Um, but like before, the last time we really like chatted on Instagram was you were working with this guy in England. Oh yeah, dude. Um, I spent two months pretty much over there. And I learned massive amounts, but once, once this thing hit, um, they were like, yeah, it's not really working. So we, we cut it short. It was, dude, it was a great opportunity and a great experience, but it was not a good fit for me. Um, oh, really? Yeah. It wasn't a great fit for me. No and bad so blood. You don't have to, I, I'll, I'll leave names off if you want to, but I, I think, just to provide context for people, because I don't want it to be too ambiguous. It's like you went to go work for somebody who has a very big following and who's uh, like a very motivated. It sounded like a dream job, to be honest. Yeah. I mean, 
Um, but yeah, this entrepreneur guy, huge following, um, owns a, like, I don't know if you'd call it a creative agency, but he owns like an, like some sort of like ad agency. Yeah. Um, super inspiring guy to be around. And this dude works, man. He's on his phone 20 hours a day, like literally 20 hours a day. He wakes up phone, probably, probably like to do a vlog for him once. I was doing vlogs for him. That's what my job was. So I think we got through three vlogs in about two months or whatever, but then Corona hit. Yeah. And it was kind of like, I'm so used to like when I work for somebody like having my, like my take on it, like, and it seemed like they hired me for my work, but then when I got there, it was like, they just needed a body to just film like, 20 hours a day. It was strange. It was really strange, but being around um, the guy and like all that he has done, he's only 27 years old. Me and him are the same age. He's worth, God knows, like hundreds of millions of dollars. Um, right. And he's still on, I'm still on good terms with him. He called me the other day and was just like, hey man, just wanted to check up on you. Like, Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. I mean, he, I've listened to a few of his interviews and he seems like a really genuine, nice dude. And again, to your, to your comments earlier in the conversation, it's like, he works on another level. It's like a different planet. And yeah, yeah, he works on a totally different level. But it's like, you had to take that opportunity and it's totally out of your comfort zone, right? Like you're, you're moving back and forth between a different country from, yeah. from a place and a job that like was in New York City. Um, yeah, they have an office in New York too. And they have an office in Manchester, a few different offices. Um, and we were traveling a lot. And then it was only going to like ramp up more because he has any speaking events, but it's kind of like, as soon as he wakes up, like, boom, I'm there filming. And then he works to like probably eight at night. And then, uh, and then I'd go home and have to upload all the, then you gotta all the footage onto my hard drive. And then after uploading it to my hard drive, I had to upload it to Google drive, which is extremely slow. Um, and then on top of it, I was trying to edit during that time. So some, some, like, I'm not traditionally a videographer. I was learning all those skills. They found me. I didn't apply for that job. They found you? And, uh, yeah, they found me. They just emailed me and were like, Hey, we really love your photography work. Did you ever just, ask how they found you? They said LinkedIn. Seriously? Yeah. They said LinkedIn. They were like, dude, we found your LinkedIn. And then we checked your website and we need a videographer in New York. Like, do you do video? And I was like, I really don't, but I can go make a video for you right now. And then they were like, cool, get, get back to us like in a day or so. And I literally just like asked my buddy, can I just like follow you around for like a couple hours while you're doing your shoot, take some video of you and then just have you talk to the camera a little bit. And I just, the next morning sent that to them. And then they were like, sweet, you got the job. That is a fucking rock star of a fucking story right there. The show, don't tell. I love that. That is incredible. Because like, I, I was so funny because you responded. I remember I shared a, an Instagram story of, uh, of a, a, a mutual, uh, I guess a colleague or somebody. He, he, he buys, he works for a, a fashion brand uh, and he buys a Vibram's product. And he was on this guy's podcast. And I, I shared it and you're like, oh, I'm working for that dude. And I'm like, what? <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, dude, he's he's a fucking inspiration, and I don't think like saying his name is like a bad thing. Okay, I didn't like it's it's totally up to you. I don't. 
Yeah, yeah, Stephen Bartlett. There you go, guys. Check him out. He's fucking sick. Oh, he, he does some really, stuff. really cool stuff and and motivational stuff. If you ever need like a kick in the dick to get going, like, just dude, check his podcast out. Like over, like I'm not like the biggest fan of say his Instagram or whatever, but if like if you check his his podcast, he really gets really candid there, and he had just had so much great advice from me. He he literally. St- I told him I wanted to start a creative agency, pitched him my idea, blah, blah, blah. And um, I was like, but dude, where do you, where do you start? Where do you find a client? Where, how do I find my first client? Um, and he said, have you, have you tried writing a hundred handwritten letters? And I said, I haven't. And he was like, I did. He was like, I wrote a hundred handwritten letters to companies that I wanted to work for. And I had this, he did like social media marketing back then or whatever it was. Um, and he's like, I, I hit up a hundred companies and he was like, one got back to me. He goes, that is still my client. And that is my biggest client. Dude, yeah, that's not like, a story. I don't know what it is. That is beautiful. And he was like, if you don't, if you haven't written a hundred handwritten letters, he's like, you're not trying. He's just so raw like that. Like, just like, you're not trying. He's like, are you trying? Some kid came up to him and asked him for advice. And he said, oh, so what are, what are, what are the analytics on, on your post? Cause he was like, how do I grow my Instagram? This kid asked Steve that Steve was like, what are the analytics? Like, um, have you been checking up on the numbers? What does well, what doesn't do well? And he was like, yeah, yeah, no, no, I haven't. And he was like, then you're not trying. Do not come back to me unless you're trying. Don't ask me for advice unless you're trying. That's amazing. Yeah. Dude. It's so, I mean, it's so easy to reach people these days. Like I, I mean, granted, I don't have a following, I, but people, people seem to genuinely appreciate, uh, you know, putting uh, a normal human within a creative job. And like, they'll, I'll get DMs from like Afghanistan or like fucking Indonesia, it, kids from all over this globe of like, how do I do footwear design or how do I get into it? And like, it's, and then they're like, how do I find this product? Or like, they'll ask just questions. And I'm like, you can Google that. I'm not going to answer that question for you because you Lazy. haven't done any legwork. Yeah. You know what? Like I did make one tutorial and right before we started this conversation, I was listening to your first um, YouTube channel thing. And then I was answering this kid's email and some, which like so many people DM me, but I appreciated that he, that he emailed me, that he found my email from my website. Cause my email is not on my Instagram. So he found my email and then asked me, how do I edit this? And I said, well, I have a YouTube video on how to edit this. Here you go. They did. So I have a very, very similar and very strange time story. Literally last week, uh, I'm going to shout his name out, Daniel Park. Uh, he's from Texas. He's going to school for product design. He wants to be a footwear designer. He found my email too. And yeah. instead of just sliding into my DMs like everyone else, he was like, yeah. he found my email, sends me an email. He's like, hey man, like, would you be okay to like answering a few questions? And then I'm like, I'm not going to send you an email with those questions. Let's talk on the phone. Cause I, I value yeah. that way more than sending an email cause it's in person. But the fact, the same thing, the fact that he just didn't take the easy route and he's yeah. like, I'm going to do it differently. I'm like, I will, I'll do anything for you. That's so sick, dude. I love that you called him. I mean, dude, dude, who wants to like, everybody can answer basic email quite like, like, okay, like, how did you get into footwear design? How did you do this? How did you do that? And like, even the timing wise, it was like, it was before I dropped the prelude. And I'm like, I answer a lot of those questions. But I was like, 
the fact that you took a, an extra step, I'll give you even more time. Yeah, dude, it's it, a little effort goes a super long way. On this note, because we are both on the same same wavelength when it comes to answering people or like I answer damn near everybody. And I know that's not scalable. Like if it, if I get, I don't know, a hundred thousand followers. I think day, that's the like, excuse though. I think it is. I think you can do it. Yeah. Or hire somebody to answer, <laughs> answer for you. Totally figured out. That's what Steve does. <laughs> he has got like a whole team and they're just every single thing. He's like, they're answering, they're giving advice, whatever. Um, but no, I watched this YouTube video the other day of this photographer who's got like a damn near a million followers now. And he, what he, I'm, I'm not a fan of the work. Um, but I was just interested, like, cause I, it came up, whatever. And it's like, the photos are like akin to porn, you know, it's like the, the chicks are Instagram naked chicks. Yeah. And they like did this video of him and like, we're asking about his process and like, it's him shooting this naked girl. And then it's like, they, they asked him if he had any advice for beginners. And he was like, yes, don't ask me for any advice like ever. He's like, the worst thing you can do is ask somebody for advice. And I was like, bullshit. Like, it, it like pissed me off because I remember being that kid and asking people for advice and just getting no's or nobody it's answering. the worst. It, and it like hurt. Like, it hurts your soul. Like, you're like, this is my favorite photographer. Like, or even they're like a small photographer, 10,000 followers, whatever. And you're like you're like i remember starting and not knowing how to do things and like researching the shit out of it and having no answer and just a slip like you don't have to give somebody the answer but a little bit of guidance that's it you know? i have no secrets man that's like i have no secrets if if you're willing to put the time in like and and go try and do it like you're you still have to put the camera in your hand and go out and get the shot totally so if i tell you how to edit like me i don't care People are so secretive with how they edit. I'm like, you still got to really... go put in the work. Yeah, I don't care. I don't care. Like, here's I put up a tutorial, one tutorial on YouTube, on how to edit, and it's literally like how I edit damn near everything. So if you want to go and watch it and copy the shit out of it, cool. I would hope that you'd put your own spin on it, <laughs> but, but no. But still, even you know, I think I I always can appreciate you know it. it it's the same thing in, in my field, right? Like you can learn everything the same way, but you still got to put the, the work in. And, and if you do get to the same level, it's actually going to push me even harder and I will never let you pass me. Yes. I love that. <laughs> I love I'm just, that. I'm just way too competitive. I'm like competitive with like everybody. Uh, I, like, I don't that, care dude. who you are. Dude, I'm like the least competitive person. <laughs> I am like, I'm not, I don't even believe in competition because I think if I get competitive, I go overboard. <laughs> <laughs> I will literally like, like if it was a fight, I would just bite your ear off like Tyson. <laughs> That's why I stay away from that competitive shit, Dave. Everyone's got their own reasons. Um, but what's up? Uh, so you, you hinted at it just now. What's, what's like the website that people can go check out your work? atticusradley.com it's very simple we'll put it right there below i like to use my little pointers and then i pop it up down there uh, i learned how to do that like bring in images and make them go away that was kind of cool um i'll yeah. do more of that um anything else dude we've been chopping it up for an hour 20 already 
Yeah, I did. I ramble. I think one thing I learned from this. I, dude, there was no rambling. I promise you, there was no rambling. I need to get my origin story more sorted. <laughs> but that's the thing. Like, how many, like, you're, you may or may not ever get a chance to tell that story. And, and, and I think that, that that's what I want from this is like, I, I want people who, who are trying to do some, something better with their life and they're trying to expand, you know, creativity to really just have an opportunity to just to talk about themselves a little bit and, and to talk about ideas because dude, we've talked about a lot of ideas that somebody's yeah. going to get inspired by and somebody's going to go run. Yeah. And I think you're not only helping educate people, but you're building a community. That's like, what it's about. I'll, I'll really... never forget from this. Dude, are you kidding me? So yeah. Sick. I'm, I'm so stoked. And like, uh, I love that. Like we're just naturally able to talk for so long. Um, yeah. and, and so, you know, it's going to become this thing. And like, I already have the next like three or four, uh, lined up and they're with different. So the, f- the first kid's like, a um, Shane's like, uh, he does oil paintings and stuff, but his, his story is just so incredible. Um, and then yourself as a photographer, I have a, a writer. Um, I have uh, a fashion designer. I have, uh, somebody who works so at uh, city hall here in Worcester, like, and they're all creative in their totally different ways. And like, yep. and they're all on the same playing field. Yeah. I love, I love that dude. And I think if you're like, if you're a kid looking to get into the shoe game, if you're somebody looking to get into photography, or if you want to be an illustrator, there are pieces of business advice that you can take from all of these different disciplines. Like one person might get on here and be like, dude, you need to have a newsletter. You need to have an email newsletter for repeat customers, whatever, blah, blah, blah. Dude, there's, you, you can learn from every different aspect. So I like that you're doing different disciplines. Yeah. I mean, footwear, just, just doing footwear design is, is that would be a cop out in my opinion. Like that's not pushing me hard enough because like, that's just like, that's like my entire like relationships, right? Because like, I'm very fortunate to work for Vibram that we have the opportunity to work with so many different brands. So like naturally just through business, you have those connections. That's a cop. Like I want everyone I'm having, I've have, I have relationships with where we have these little clicks in time of conversations of like, Oh, I love that you posted this or this really, you know, there's, there's, there's actual conversation and like, it's a step beyond just like follow, clicking follow mm-hmm. and, and like some of the future, I'm just stoked. Like this is awesome. And I'm stoked for everything other one else. And like, I just, to your point about community, like that's what it's all about. And if, if, if more people just help each other out, dude, this world is going to be a better place. Yeah. And I think you're building a community with this, man. I think it's going to be really sick. And when you get to a hundred, when you get to a hundred of these, dude, I'm sending you a bottle of champagne. Yeah. Dude, yes that's motivation i fucking love some bubbly let's go <laughs> dude um, all right well thank this, you for doing this thank yeah you. let's let's cool. um you know thanks for for joining us on episode two of an untold narrative uh atticus radley you can follow him at atticus radley yep nice and, and simple and atticus radley.com um any other things that you post on Check my website, Instagram, whatever you want to do. If you want to ask me questions, don't hesitate. Do you um do you do the TikTok or, or TikTok? No. <laughs> I got I just got one, but I don't TikTok. 
I got one too, like a month ago and I've been slowly trying to do it, but like now I've done this and it's so much work and like, I'm like, but again, that's just an excuse, but like, that's where the attention is again, it is. the early, it's like, I gotta get there. Dude, that's, that's inspiring. I think I gotta, I gotta get on TikTok and I might be under a different alias. So, so my, so I don't lose clients. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like, this dude's too crazy. This dude's too no, crazy. But they, dude, I follow I follow photographers who have a massive following on TikTok, and they they show how they do their photography, and they it's yeah. dude, it's super DIY. Like the the younger generations, they love understanding how things are done and made, and that's yeah. Like I think that's a dream for you. Yeah, it's a, it is like such a crazy angle to be like to teach people. I think like. We can go on another rant with this one. Yeah, you could teach. We're gonna that. we're gonna do more TikTok episodes. Um, follow Atticus Radley. Thank you for joining us, um, man. It was really good to connect. Uh, next time I'm in New York, we are gonna get together in person. Um, Hell yeah! Hopefully, once Corona Land gets over and done with, and um, yeah. yeah, stay in touch. Uh, reach out. Uh, everybody, click the fucking subscribe button. I think that does me well on YouTube. I don't know. The like, I think the like does really well. Um, you have a YouTube page as well. Um, I think it's just Atticus Radley. There you go. Nice and easy. Um, yeah. so we'll keep it moving. Uh, thanks, man. Uh, we'll, we'll probably, this will be up probably, uh, you know, I'm going to try to do this every Monday. That's my goal. Um, That's rad. Like motivation Mondays. Like I'm a, I'm a, I'm a big, big cheese ball about that shit. Like if I could do it every Monday, that's the goal. Yeah. So Dude, if you ever need anything, hit me up, man. If you ever need any like uh, editing done or some something where I can help, I appreciate, I appreciate you. That. Massively inspired by you. I think you're doing great stuff, dude. Thank you. I appreciate oh, it. Boy. Same. Likewise. Peace out, man. Thank you. All right. Enjoy your day. All right. Cheers.